All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the ATP Performance Podcast. Coach Joe here, along with Coach James, and we are back today to discuss a topic that I think will help a lot of people, no matter what situation you're in or what goals you have, and that is navigating social situations and specifically eating out um, and how to stay on track when it comes to your goals overall um, and specifically stay on track nutritionally through those social social situations. So we're going to get into it a little bit, and I think maybe, James, if you want to just start out how do you normally explain maybe in a brief sense to navigate those situations for most people? Um, if you were to, you know, be asked the question, you know, how do I, how am I supposed to navigate, you know, eating out um, or, you know, I can never stay on track through the holidays. Um, that's a big one when it comes to social gatherings. How do you normally explain that? And obviously we're going to delve into it a little bit more in depth, but how would you explain that briefly if, if someone asked you that? Because I know that's a question we get asked a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think the answer I'm going to say is twofold. It's probably about 10 different, you know, answers you could actually give to that. Um, the the level of, we'll say like dedication or the level of complexity, if you will, on like how detailed do you need to be with this really comes down to what you're paid, you know, what the client's goals are. Right. So if I have a bodybuilding competitor who is, and even the timeline of that, right? So bodybuilding competitor four weeks out versus bodybuilding competitor four months out, very different answer. Same thing with general population, right? Like, hey, you have a wedding in three weeks and you wanted to reach this goal. Like how strict are you in reaching that goal? Or I'm just trying to work towards being a healthier person because all of that comes into like the fine detail of how I would answer and what strategies we would use. Um, but I think the big overarching uh, philosophy that I try and teach, and I was actually just talking with a patient about this, is um, find enjoyment in food if you are going to a social event for that. But enjoy, don't indulge, right? It's not this, hey, I'm off plan, so let me just eat everything I possibly can. Like you can quite, you can enjoy the food and you should enjoy your food, whether you are in a diet phase or not a diet phase or at a social event or the food you're cooking for yourself, right? Because that'll only help with adherence. So enjoyment, not indulging. Um, and being able to disassociate like your value at the social event with eating. Right. Like most people, yeah, our, most of our social events have a cookout or a barbecue or there's some food component, but the people want you there for your presence, not for you to eat the food. Right. So you can quite literally go, not eat anything, have a great time, be social, enjoy the interactions with people, and still stay completely on track within some degree. If you're going to a restaurant, it makes it a little bit harder. Right. But yeah, just kind of disassociating that need to eat the food that's present just because you are present because really that's not why you're there, right? You're there for the social experience and to make memories and to, you know, enjoy people's company. Yeah. And like you said, like most things, it usually depends and it always will depend on your goals because definitely if you're someone who is, you know, at a place where you really need to lose a significant amount of weight to become healthier, that's going to be a much more, I don't want to say dire, but much more of a kind of cautious situation where we want to kind of almost avoid those situations, not because we don't want you to go to family Christmas or enjoy your birthday, 
but it's just the extra things that are going to make you use more of that willpower than you maybe want to because you're already in a place that you know you need to make a change. But if you're someone mm-hmm. who is in a better spot, like you're saying, or you're in off season, or you're actually trying to maybe put on some weight, sometimes those things can actually be in a certain sense conducive to your goals because you can actually get in some extra calories or you can have a little bit less restraint, especially from a mental aspect from just mm-hmm. your day-to-day life and planning because that definitely is a component as well. So maybe if we want to break it down, let's talk from the general population perspective and maybe someone who is, like I was just mentioning, trying to lose a significant amount of weight or even just a little bit about, uh, you know, maybe a couple pounds of body fat they're looking to lose. What does that look like for someone in those situations? Because that is the perfect example of what we're talking about where it's a lifetime, right? It's not just this Mm -hmm. end date where they need to be strict until xyz and even if you have a goal of all right hey i wanted to lose 50 pounds or whatever it might be and you hit that goal there's still the after effect right and that we always talk about and many people in the industry talk about how the diet after the diet is so important maybe break that down a little bit just from that perspective of the sustainability and kind of that lifelong approach how do you normally navigate with someone in that sense and also like i mentioned so someone who's trying to lose a good amount of weight, um, but they're doing it in a way that is, again, for lifestyle and health. Um, is there a way that you navigate that? Because like we just said, we want to avoid it, but if they do have to go about it, how do you typically go about that when with, with tracking in mind or without tracking? Kind of break that down maybe a little bit, James, from that perspective. Mm-hmm. So any strategy that I put in place with a client is going to be one that is... Um, preemptive, not like reactive, meaning we put this plan in place, whether or not you execute it doesn't matter, you go to the event, the day after, none of my clients, at least under my instruction will be slashing their calories the day after and starving themselves the day after to make up for it, right? Because what's done is done. Um, the actual like a long-term effect of overeating on one day is actually relatively minimal when you look at it on like a weekly average, which that's what we do for tracking, right? We're looking at a rolling two-week average. So say you overeat by, you know, we'll call it like moderate, like three to 400 calories. Divide that out over seven days and that's what you've actually done, right? Which is not that much, right? That's an extra bite of food each day. So if you look at it that way, it's okay. The weight's going to spike for you know that day and probably the next day or two, but eventually that average is going to kind of weigh mount down towards the baseline a little bit more, right? So they will not be slashing calories after the fact. Preemptively, if we know that this is something that we can plan for, there might be a call for being a little bit more something as simple as just making sure we're more strict with our macros on the days leading up to the event, or pulling some calories on those days, right? Because again, if we're looking at a weekly average, we can look at our food intake across the week as well, not just our deficit and say, hey, if we're eating, I don't know, 14,000 calories, just 2,000 times seven across the entire week, if I take three days leading up to the event and I only eat like 1,600 calories, now I have technically, you know, an extra 400 per day that I can allocate towards that event. Right. So that's a big picture look at it. And then day of, 
it's just about being responsible. It really is. That's what it comes down to, right? Like we all know if we're adults, what we should and shouldn't be eating from a health perspective um, with some gray area for enjoyment and like actually, you know, liking the food we eat. So there's a difference in like having a bite of a dessert or enjoying a serving of a dessert and eating as much of the desserts as we can because they're there, right? So that's not responsible and everyone knows that. So strategy-wise, it would be rely on the leafy greens and the vegetables and the lean proteins whenever possible. And in my opinion, actively go about your way to reduce added dietary fats just because of the caloric impact of a gram of fat, right? So if you can get away with eating a massive salad or some other vegetables that you enjoy with a you know hearty helping of protein first, that's going to fill you pretty well. And then you finish with you know some of the more like carb-based desserts if you so desire yeah no i think that's some pretty spot-on advice to what i have down here and a few kind of things that really relate to that but also just to add to that a little bit um so one thing that i have is minimizing liquid calories um especially when you're eating out um that's a big one that i really recommend people and even if that means you're going to drink some diet soda or something that's going to be lower calorie or zero calorie i think that's fine because that's going to help fill you up especially if that's going to allow you to maybe then avoid like a you know a, a ton of alcohol drinks um and especially if you're going to drink any alcohol um specifically drinks cocktail wise that's when you typically are going to getting be getting into the higher calorie along with beer of course so mm-hmm. if you're going to drink a little bit, you know, that's an, that's another thing that's obviously going to inhibit fat loss. So you don't want to be doing that too heavily. But if you're going to have a few drinks, you can go a little bit more of the hard liquor route, just lower calories. Um, if you're trying to, you know, depend depends why you like drinking, right? The taste is going to be for a lot of people. I enjoy beer, but it's obviously, you know, a higher calorie content that I'm consuming. So just be be mindful of the liquid calories choose a zero calorie option when you can for mixers um, and just in general, if you're going to consume any liquids. So, and water too. drink some water during, during, you know, if you're drinking or if it's during the event, because like you're talking about, and that's one of my other tips, do not go hungry. Right. So it helps fill you up in like you're saying, um, you know, eating even before you go, maybe a big salad with some protein. I always say to people, it's like, you don't want to starve yourself. Um, Because that's another tip. It's kind of plan ahead, right? Save those calories for when you're going to have your biggest meal. But you don't want to be starving yourself before then either. So it's like this balance of maybe you're going to have a protein shake and some fruit in the morning. Maybe you're going to have then, like you said, a big salad with some protein for lunch. And then you know you're going to go out and enjoy yourself. But you're not starving. But you're just saving a little bit more because you know you're going to eat a little bit more later. Um, so that's, that's the biggest thing. And then, you know, like you're saying, if you're going to have desserts or like appetizers, those little things, just make sure you pre-plan for that. And if you're tracking, that makes that a little bit easier. You can even, I always try to say to people, I'm like, if you know where you're going, even look up the meal, you know, look up the menu, look up what you're going to have. Like you can fully track it out if you want, depending on how much you know, or, um, the location and, and that sort of thing. So that's that's my biggest recommendations and those are things that you can use forever right if you're eating out and you want to be aware of things i think the only other thing i wanted to mention is like dressings or the um the oils a lot of times um you can get dressings obviously on the side but also the oils they use in a lot of like veggies 
different things when you're when you're eating out um just be aware of that either you can often ask for them to not use that um or you know just be mindful that you're typically going to have a higher calorie count when you're eating anything out like you were saying uh, especially fat wise um so those are the main tips i have um especially again for someone who's in a fat loss phase specifically especially for the general population is there anything and i know the main answer probably is just do not eat out in this in, in those critical times i think you know where i'm going with this but what about a contest prep situation? Um, and I, I think you maybe touched on a little bit, especially post contest too. But like, what does that look like? Maybe in in sort of the differences um, when you're really hyper focused on a specific date and bringing a specific level of leanness. How does that maybe change things? And obviously, again, like I said, the biggest one is control variables. So don't eat out. But how do you maybe navigate that for someone, you know, if they're like, oh, well, I like Chipotle or I like, you know, something that is a little bit more manageable. How do you fit that in? And is there a place for that typically, James? Yeah, I mean, it depends on how well the prep is going. If you've given yourself plenty of time, there is some inherent like flexibility built in. Uh, and that's the way that we try and program it, right? Like if I feel like a client needs 20 weeks, I want them to start prepping in 25 to 26 weeks just because stuff happens all the time and that allows for like okay we wanted 1.3 grams or 1.3 pounds of fat loss and we got 1.1 like oh no we're 2.2 behind like we'll make that up right so you hinted at some of it like choosing appropriate restaurants or restaurants that make it easier for you to track is an easy one chipotle chick-fil-a like things like that that have readily available macros now take into mind that they're using an average portion serving size in their calculations. So there's going to be some wiggle room, right? And I always try and plan for that. If I know, hey, I just want Chipotle today, obviously there's lower calorie options that you can eat, right? Don't throw the guac and the sour cream and all, all that stuff on there. If you have the macros, great, and you want to, that's fine. But most people aren't going to deep into a prep. So keep it smart. Um, and then just plan for an extra like 10, 15% of the calories really is what I try and do. And then, you know, just undershoot on your numbers that way. If, if it's not accurate, you're fine. Um, so the restaurant selection is huge, but even just with more typical restaurants, all of them have some sort of lean protein option, right? You can get a side salad with a dressing on the side, or you can get some steamed vegetables. You can get a carb source that's easier to track like a baked potato, right? And then get a steak, get chicken, get seafood, something like that. And it's going to be cooked well because it's at a restaurant. So you're going to enjoy it. It's not going to be some dry chicken breast, hopefully, right? And you can estimate it based on what they've said. Or you can take it to the extreme that some athletes do and have a little mini scale that you travel with. I personally don't do that because to me, you know, the difference of one, I've been doing it long enough so I can estimate, right? Like a baked potato is at 200 grams versus 220 on calories, that's not going to matter, right? That's like 15, 20 extra calories. It's not going to affect my weigh in. Um, but I know the difference of like 200 calories of potatoes or 200 grams of potatoes and 500 grams of potatoes, right? Same with a steak. You know the style, you know the selection, you know what's four ounces versus eight ounces and all that kind of stuff, right? But if you want to be to a T, you're just going to have to bring the scale. Um, I would say within eight weeks of a show, most people probably shouldn't be eating out that much if they are at all, unless there is, I know there's some coaches that still plan like 
cheat meals, but it's a very specific cheat meal. Obviously, listen to your coach. Your coach is the ultimate like ruling in your prep besides yourself. Um, so don't take my advice unless I am your coach. Um, but yeah, I'd say that would be it. You know, select select the smart things, select the smart restaurants, and know that there's just simply going to be sacrifices. Like you just can't have certain foods and still hit your macros within the day. Yeah, I completely agree. And there's you kind of already touched on it, but my next question was going to be, what are some tips you have? And we both kind of touched on it a little bit too for deciphering menu options, you know, to choose those meals that align with your goals. And I think the big ones, and you can add to this if there's anything else, would be, I think, I think the main one would be protein, right? Like you're saying, making sure you get that protein source in. And there's, like you said, great options, most places that you're doing that you're going. And that's actually one of my other questions too, as far as like choosing the location, like you said, kind of even whether it's like a nice, nice restaurant that you're trying to find, or whether it's like something like Chipotle, or even like a quick fast food option. Because that's, that's quick and easy. And you can make a good choice with 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 your goals, even if it needs to be quick. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that makes a big difference as far as like what, what situation you're putting yourself in. Cause it's like, if you're at a place that has a, tons of delicious, amazing foods, and then you have to like pick like the chicken breast or like the salmon or something like I actually, I love salmon. So I, I would, might pick mm-hmm. that anyways, but you know what I mean? Where it's like, you got to make yourself like you were saying before, you have to use more willpower than needed versus putting yourself in a situation that maybe is a little bit easier with the menu options. But um, I think, again, protein, making sure you're getting that in as the main kind of uh, factor. You're not just, you know, eating a ton of appetizers or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then, yeah, like you were saying, some sort of veggies is, is the biggest thing for me. Um, and then keep, if you want some carbs, I think keeping that simple is easier too, like you were saying. But is there anything else as far as what you look at mm-hmm. menu wise? I know obviously it depends on um, where you are, but anything else you'd add to that, man? Any foods that you can separate, not not necessarily foods, any meals you can separate into their individual components is inherently going to be easier, right? So what I mean by that, like there's not a sauce that's mixing it all together or it's not like a bowl or a stew where it's all just like in one thing and you can't like, all right, there's my carb, there's my protein, right? Like it just helps you figure out the portions and track things. Um, so that's why I pick like the side salad or the steamed vegetable with the potato, you know, if it's a bowl of rice, it's a bowl of rice, but like sometimes things get a little bit hairy when things are all kind of combined together or it's, you know, like a, like lasagna or something. I'm not going to order that. I have no idea like the ratios of like cheeses and things like that that are in there. But if I can like hold a potato in my hand or see, you know, diced potatoes there or, you know, a standalone bowl of rice. Great. And coming back to, like you said, like salmon. Yeah. How often do I eat salmon? Never. So you can still have a healthy protein or shrimp, like shrimp's what I go to all the time, super low in fat, high in protein. And I never buy them for myself because of the expense, right? So if I'm going to a restaurant, I see that on a menu with like a, you know, shrimp skewers with maybe some vegetables that are like, you know, grilled over a better right. That sounds like a fantastic meal to me. And I'm still, when you break it down to its component, it's a lean protein, it's a vegetable, and it's a starch that I eat regularly, right? So simple, right? So yeah, if you can break it down into components, way easier. And like you kind of hinted, you can't order a lot of these foods without oils and butters by asking for it dry would be the verbiage from what I've heard. 
um, or just tell them like, hey, please don't use butter or you, know, you can say whatever you want to say. So there are absolutely ways to do it. Yeah, and I definitely think going back to our podcast on um, tracking overall, I think that goes back to showing you, like you were mentioning, why tracking can be so important and just helpful beyond even just when you're actually tracking, in a sense, if that makes any uh, logical sort of sense. Uh, so mm -hmm. meaning like you're using that education because now, like you said, you can estimate a lot easier those different things that you have tracked in the past. So you know what that looks like. And it just makes your guesstimations a little bit more accurate than it would be if you weren't ever used to that. But I've even used a lot of times with my clients, you know, I'll just say like we were talking about before, like, okay, you're going to have you know, let's say you have 2000 calories or whatever. And it's like, okay, you know, you're probably going to consume at least 500 calories worth of, you know, food or whatever it is, or even, you know, more than that, depending on what you're going to be consuming, or if you're going to have drinks stuff too. And then it's like, okay, you at least know that that's budgeted in for the day, even if you're not tracking like super accurately within this. And this is more for someone who is um, a general population that isn't tracking as accurately but it at least is giving you some sort of a budget for that big allotment of food or that event that you're going out and you know you're enjoying yourself so that the rest of the day is managed and you're not going out for like a five course breakfast, you know, and then also doing that at night and then just like making it a little bit rough for your week. But even like you said, it's if it's that one day and I completely in, am in agreement, you do not need to beat yourself up for that. You need to get back on track with what you were doing before that. And I think that is where the mindset often will put you in this negative spiral where you then do extra, it becomes too much, you burn out, and then you end up getting mad at yourself. And then you think you're the problem when in reality, it's like, no, 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 the one day is what threw in the, you know, you threw in the towel because of the one day. And it really needs to just be more of the mindset of big picture kind of zoom out a little bit in those situations. So I think that that's really important, right? It's like not one day that got you into the spot you are that you want to change. It's just not going to be one day to get you back out of it either. So keep that in yeah. mind for sure. But, um, and I like, I like the, uh, the analogy that, and this is something that you turned me on to, uh, Mike Dola, right? I don't know how you pronounce his last name, right? But you know who I'm talking about. Oh yeah. yeah. He, uh, he had that analogy recently where, you know, he related the individual who, goes off plan or goes to a social event and overeats and then because they've overeaten lean into it and just either overeat the rest of the week or just turn it like a bad meal into a bad day it's the same analogy as like oh i missed my exit on the highway instead of taking a u-turn and just getting back on track i'm just going to drive to florida you know like <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't do that right like yep. it just doesn't make sense so you know 300 calories over is way different than 3000 calories over. And it's going to create a completely different physiological response, right? So yeah, just take the 300 calories, do a little U-turn and get right back on the road the next day. As far as like those situations when it comes to, you know, peer pressure or social sort of environments, is there anything you, you give to people? Because like you're mentioning holidays, different events like that people are pushing food a lot of times. Is there anything that you recommend for those sort of situations with people where they are getting food pushed on them and they're trying to kind of avoid that? I know there's some things that I've recommended to people before, but is there anything that you, that you have for those sort of situations for people um, that you, that you often recommend? 
Well, I mean, especially for the competitors, because if you're competing, I would hope that this is something that you enjoy and you're going to repeat. I think it's worth having a conversation with those individuals if they're important to you, where, you know, this is not disrespect to you. This is a choice that I'm making, you know, to accomplish X, Y, Z goal. And the, you know, this meal is not conducive to that goal, right? So being upfront with, I think most people is probably the best in any case with any situation. Um, but beyond that, there are tricks, right? Like, so if you are at a, a an event and a meal and you feel pressure to eat, you know, I mean, you can by all means like graze small little bits of each thing. That way, you know, you're sampling the things, you're being involved, you're not getting as many calories than anyone eating or feeding. Um, as well as, especially for, I feel like the younger population, like the pressure to drink, um, like alcoholic beverages when you're out at parties and things like that. I mean, just get the diet soda, right? Who knows what else is in there? I mean, you could be having a diet and Coke or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Diet and Coke, of course. You know what I'm trying to say. You could be having a mixed drink, but in reality, you're just having a diet soda. So that someone sees the drink in your hand and they assume you're drinking. So now there's less pressure on you and you can just exist and not have to feel the questions of why are you doing this and what is that? And, Oh, it's just one and all those annoying things that we all have dealt with for sure. Yeah. And I, I think like you just said, you know, just politely, you know, saying no, thank you or whatever it might be. And then, yeah, like you said, briefly explaining as much or as little as you want to why that might be, because usually that's kind of like the follow up question. So I usually said, like, you know, quickly change the subject too if you can as well, because that can be helpful. Um, but it, you know, it, it, you can kind of use, you know, different things, right? Like I've already eaten enough or, you know, I don't want any more, right? There's like kind of some, some certain things that you can say that will kind of shut that down, I think is, is a big one. Um, and then again, like open the door as much or as little as you want to, even if, whether you're competing, whether you're trying to lose weight, like that can be a sensitive subject. And often our families don't have those boundaries, uh, you know, often or even our friends, too, where they're like, oh, you know, whatever, just eat like, you know, just do, you know, uh, one one drink won't hurt you or whatever. Right. Like those are the phrases people often will throw back at you. And while they probably mean well by it, they often can be annoying or they can even be like something that will spiral you into a situation that you've literally been like dreading being in. Right. So it's like. That I think is also where being mindful of how often you're putting yourself in those situations, also who is at those events. And it doesn't mean that you don't want to see your family or something, but it's like even just your friends, like you often know maybe friends that might get you in a little bit more trouble than others, right? Or it's like, you know, you just got to navigate that accordingly. Um, and it also goes along with almost like the restaurants you're choosing in those sort of situations. Like, is it going to be much harder for you to be on track? So just be mindful of that. Um, but yeah, realize that like, if the person gets upset or like whatever, you know, situation you're dealing with, like that's their, per like that's their personal problem because it can be like, again, like an emotional pressure. And then you're like, Oh, I got to do it. Like my friends are not going to like me. And it's like, that's again, that then that goes back to like a whole nother issue of like why you're hanging out with people and you know, why they, you know, like your company. Cause that's not what, you know, a, a good friend would, would, um, kind of teeter the relationship based upon right so um but yeah you're like you're an adult right you don't have to uh well at least most people watching this i would hope are adults they're uh 
you know, especially kids. Yeah. Like you're, if you're 18 or, you know, you're at the point where those pressures are huge, it's like, realize you are an adult and you still have the choice. Like you do not have to eat or drink anything you don't want to. Right. It's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta remind yourself that I think a lot of times, especially if it doesn't align with your goals or your morals. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so, um, as, as far as, um, speaking of alcohol consumption, um, I touched on it a little bit earlier. Is there anything that you recommend as far as like alcohol consumption for people that are going to indulge a little bit when it comes to building muscle? Cause as we know, that has a big impact on protein synthesis. Um, so, um, being able to actually repair the muscle that we're breaking down during our workouts and then also fat loss, it definitely does not help that. So is there anything that you kind of recommend as far as like standards, like amounts wise, or like I mentioned, kind of what you're consuming. I know it can be a gray area with, you know, there's a lot of variability, but what do you recommend? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough, right? Because to recommend like a certain type of alcohol, everyone has their preferences. Um, You know, luckily there are lower calorie options for just about anything nowadays, right? There are the low cal like seltzers, there's super low cal beer. If you like beer, it's not going to taste the same as your craft IPAs, but I mean, it's something, right? Um, And then for me, it's more the timing of it, right? Like I'm not going to have a couple drinks and then know three hours later, I need to go work out my legs. Like that's not going to go well or work out anything for that matter. Right. Because it almost, and it's not because the, the anabolic stimulus from working out will always outweigh the catabolic stimulus of drinking, hopefully, unless you're drinking a a large quantity. Um, But it feels just like you're wasting your time in the gym. If you are doing these things that we know are detrimental, directly before so i just try and space things as much as i can um you know even post workout that's when we're recovering and repairing so i try and like not drink on days where i know i'll be in the gym at the very least if i am going to drink throughout the week it'd be on one of my like off days my recovery days something like that and it'd be it'd be minimal nothing to the point where i get a hangover anymore that's reserved for very special occasions if that happens at all anymore so it'd be like a glass of wine with my wife at dinner right like i can recover from that the negatives of that are very minimal and it's just something i enjoy you know and that's it and it ends with that that kind of thing we're like a mixed drink around the fire in the fall to, to help warm up or you know it's just it's more for the enjoyment of it rather than it is the actual like act of drinking at this point yeah, no, I, I completely feel you. And actually, I wanted to bring it back. I lost my train of thought before when I was talking about the binging. Um, the point I wanted to make with that is that over the course of my time working with people who had binge, um, it was interesting to see that even when people would binge on just one specific day, a ton of calories, that we were talking about the spike not being actually as drastic as you think. And that was the case. And I was talking about a client who outside of those binges, they were completely aware of how to be on track, how to be really dialed in. And they were actually really on point otherwise. And it showed me that one, that they really could not control, like almost like, uh, like those episodes, they were like, so impulsed by the the Mm -hmm. want or the, you know, the, the comfort of the food that they would just 
you know, the rubber band, we would call it the rubber band, right? It was like the rubber band would get pulled back and just snap super easily. So it was like, we used the analogy of like, how can we get that rubber band to not be so tense and tight and ready to snap all the time, right? Um, and so it was just very interesting because they would have maybe a binge every, like, let's say two to three times a month, right? When we were first working together. And there was not really much it was more of the mental stress and the the emotional stress that they, it would cause. And also they literally would just feel sick a lot of times um, mm-hmm. in the moment. But it wasn't like the, the binge wasn't like they weren't like excessively, um, uh, you know, gaining a, an extreme amount of weight beyond where they were at from those episodes. It was just very interesting to see that. Um, and then also, like I said, as far as that, just like that mindset shift shift as far as um how the 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 impact was so you know right in the moment um and then outside of that they were able to kind of completely be aware of their their surroundings when it comes to tracking and nutrition but um but yeah it, it's it's not going to be the one day that 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 really throws you off it's it's i think if anything it's probably the one day and then this slow like slight over consumption of calories that like you said in the course of weeks is what adds up so um, it's not so day to day. It's more that weekly, that weekly outlook mm-hmm. that we, I think, need to shift towards, um, and just overall. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I think as far as alcohol consumption, though, I completely agree with you. And I think you know, depending on what you're doing, depending on your goals, if you're having one or two drinks here and there, that's not going to be the difference maker. It's going to be when you're binging, because then you know, getting back to food, that can often be you know, then where you're you're overall restraints are loosened and then you do overconsume calories too, you know, versus also getting in these liquid calories um, and consuming them um, on top of, you know, eating some pizza or whatever other delicious food that you want to eat because you're drunk or you've got a little bit of a buzz going. So you just got to know yourself that way, I think too. But, um, but yeah, so overall, is there, is there anything that you wanted to kind of um, touch on as well or any other questions that you wanted to touch on James as far as um, the overall kind of the big picture when it comes to uh, nutrition tracking eating out um, and that sort of thing at all I have a few more for you but is there anything else you wanted to touch on specifically no no I, I like the way that the conversations flowed um, I think we covered the big stuff and my big recommendations so no you hit me with whatever questions you have Okay, I was gonna say the, the one thing I had as far as especially if you're you know not bringing like a food scale. I know you said you're not a big proponent of that, um, which I completely agree. And I think especially for like a general population, um, I think I, I probably have had some type A people that do enjoy, uh, you know, the organization of it, um, where you're like, hey, here's my food scale, you know, at Chipotle. Can you can you make sure your scoops are accurate? Because like you said, that is important. Um, you're 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 going to have portion sizes at a lot of these places, most places these days, but it's going to be the generalization of, of that portion. So just keep that in mind, but that actually relates to my question. So is there anything that you would recommend people as far as like managing portion portion sizes and practicing moderation when they're eating out? Is there any sort of ways that you have people go about that? Um, I know obviously the, the food selection is a big choice there. Like we were discussing as far as, um, protein, uh, carb and fat content, but is there anything that you recommend as far as that sort of thing um, when they're eating out just so that they don't overconsume calories? 
No, I mean, I don't really have too many because I don't think there's all that much you can control outside of just what you select, right? I mean, I think a big understanding, and this is something that I've personally like fought with, is you don't have to eat all the food on the plate, right? Because I was raised like you cleaned your plate, like you didn't That's get up from the table, and so <laughs> there was nothing like left. So we're an adult, you know, we have goals. You, just because the food is there, it's waste as it may seem and as against like your inner um, childhood uh, training you don't have to eat all the food so if there's if you're feeling full or satisfied just walk away from it right i'd say probably eat the protein because most people are low on protein anyway but if there's you know extra dessert and you just wanted a couple bites yeah it might seem like wasteful financially or you could look at like oh there's you know people that would love to eat this but the end of the day like that's just such an unrealistic expectation for yourself you know well and it goes along with like mindfulness when it comes to eating too and i think that word gets thrown around a lot but it's like like this is a perfect example of that where it's like you should not be just force feeding yourself beyond this extreme because your body is literally cueing you that you're not needing any more food and i think that that is both on the other side of the spectrum where you are hungry and you want food knowing when that is versus if you're just wanting like we were talking about you're gonna you know over consume on something because it's like comforting or you're just bored or there's a lot tons of reasons that we could be eating if you know even if we're not hungry but on the other side of it where you are actually full you have to know when that is is kind of you know that need is met as well and i think being more in touch with that can allow you, especially when you are moving beyond tracking, especially if you're uh, general population and it's like a lifelong thing, those cues are what's going to allow you to then be aware without having to track every single thing, what your body is needing and where you are with 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 your goals. Um, and I think that's just so important. And also, you know, going along with eating out and drinking alcohol, like being mindful of the fact, like, how is this impacting my body short term? intermediate and long term right and that can be said i think it's like uh alan argon he talks about that where he you know it's like what is this food going to have in the short-term impact what is the you know the kind of intermediate impact and what's the long-term impact and it kind of makes you think about the choices that you're making and how it relates to your goals you know both short intermediate and long term so it's kind of just a good thing to keep in mind and you know, just so that you're not eating mindlessly, if you're already in this place where you're watching this podcast, or you're thinking about, you know, what you're eating out, you're already one step ahead of most people. But being aware and then creating that step to change whatever you need to change is is the biggest thing. So it doesn't mean that you can't eat out doesn't mean that it doesn't, you know, it can't be fun, or you can't enjoy yourself, but it just has to be in kind of in the the, the spectrum of your goals. But um, you kind of were relating to it already, James, and my last question would be, how do you feel or how do you handle the feelings of guilt or anxiety? Maybe that's someone that might feel as far as like deviating from, you know, uh, your nutrition plan or or like we were just discussing by missing out on something. Um, I know, you know, I try to relate it back to like we were talking about the morals and like you said, as far as your goals it, it's a good, I think it's a good sort of situation to be in because it will make you question that a little bit because that I think that's a positive because one, you're either going to reinforce yourself and say, this is what I want. And this is what I, this, that's what matters to me, you know, much like anything in life that we face adversity because of, you know, a goal that maybe doesn't align with what our parents or 
whatever it might be, our spouse or whatever doesn't doesn't agree with. But I think if not, then you can say like, oh, maybe I don't want to do this as much as I thought. And I think that that's good too. But is there anything you recommend people in those situations where they're like, oh, I'm going to miss out on this because of my goal? And how do you typically handle that with those situations for people? Um, yeah, so most often it's a, it's prior planning, right? Like there are not that many events that we can't plan around given enough time. A client springs something on me three weeks before a show, like, oh, hey, I'm going on vacation for a week. That's a little bit tough. But if I know months and months and months in advance, I can diet them harder leading into that, knowing that they'll probably regain, you know, a pound or two on vacation. And then we still have a week or two to clean up, right? So it's just, it's communication between all parties involved. Um, and that definitely comes down on the athlete, right? Like you have to let your coach know what they don't know they can't help you with. Um, so that's huge in itself. Um, I don't know. I feel like my, my responses to this have probably evolved over the years, right? Cause I remember and, and Allie and I have talked about this a couple of times. One of my first preps, I was there at one of my little niece's birthday parties and I was there and there was a lot of food and I was hungry and I was pretty close to a show and I felt like I wanted to eat something to be involved. So I ate a salad, you know, I had a salad with like light Italian dressing. So I was eating something and it you know, helped me carry me over and made me feel like I was more involved. And I didn't do any damage to my prep because of that. I can guarantee I did just as well because of that salad, you know, had I skipped it. Right. So I think a lot of people just put too much pressure on themselves and, you know, it has to be a hundred percent or it's 0%. Where in reality, like 98%, 90%, 85%, it's, it's going to be okay if it's in the minority of the times that you deviate. It's really just the consistency across the long term that matters the most. Um, and that's just maturing and understanding, you know, the extra rice cake you ate because you were starving isn't going to derail your prep or, you know, the, the bite of food here. There's diehards that will say like, oh, no missed meals, no missed workouts, you know, blah, blah, blah. But most of that's showboating anyway, right? Like they could have had a little leniency and still gotten the exact same result that they did. So taking the pressure off yourself to be perfect because none of us know what perfect is. We have a plan in place. We're going to call the plan optimal, but there's probably going to be some study that comes out in two years that debunks something that we believe right now anyway, right? So do your best. And that's what this is about anyway. It's just about improving yourself. So it doesn't really matter what this person is doing or that person says. If you feel like you did your best and you balanced the stressors and the challenges of life the best you could in that moment, just take any perceived failures and just learn from them. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think, you know, the pressure to put on yourself is inherently actually going to cause more stress. And that's actually going to be deterring whatever goal you have, especially when it comes to fat loss or building muscle. Um, it's just not not helping your cause. Um, it, it's definitely just hurting it in that sense. But yeah, as far as um, that pressure, I think, uh, like I said, just doing more harm than good. And then as far as like anxiety or feeling like people are, you're, you're missing out because you're, you said no to something. I think just keeping in mind that again, your, your, your values and your morals as a person, but also, um, that your presence is probably more important in the long run as far as the memory versus 
what you consumed at that event. So, Mm -hmm. um, and again, if not, then it's probably something that has to do with them more than it is you. So um, anything that you would kind of share as final tips or words of encouragement for anyone who's kind of trying to balance nutrition in these social situations or just anything that you kind of want to close out with James? I mean, it takes time. I have one client that I'm thinking of right now that we've been working on building these strategies for quite literally three years. And there's been periods where they've been great, periods where they haven't been great. And it's it takes each individual varied amounts of time and varied amounts of discipline and understanding and self-reflection to figure out what's going to work best for them, right? So I have some clients that are robotic to a T and they don't have to stress about this. And I have some clients that are much more fluid or their job forces them to be fluid and what works for one won't work for the other. So it's trial and error. It's just trying to improve on a weekly basis or a daily basis or whatever time frame you put on it, right? Because what I'm doing now is much more refined than what I was doing three years ago. And I would hope that what I'm doing now look silly to what I'm doing 10 years from now, because I've continued to just improve on my understanding of what I need to do to be successful. So it's just, it's part of the journey. Yeah, I think that that sums it up. And I think this is a good episode. And hopefully people got some good kind of nuggets of info to pull out here and use when they're faced with those situations socially and when they're eating out um, based on whatever goals that they're they're trying to achieve. And as speaking of if you're trying to achieve any any specific goals when it comes to performance, um, contest prep, general population, definitely let us know. We would love to chat with you to see if you're a good fit with one of our team members um, or excuse me, with one of our coaches um, and becoming a team member. And we likely have a specialist that will be able to help you with those goals. So, and if not, we'll point you in the right direction. But if you're interested, shoot us a message on any of our social media, ATP Performance, um, or check out our website, atpreformancellc.com. You can sign up for a free call. We can discuss things and see um, how we can help you. But if you have any other questions for us, again, shoot us a message on any of our social medias. Um, otherwise, shoot us an email or check out our website. But thank you guys for watching um, and listening as usual. We will see you guys in the next one. And until then, take care. Have a good one, guys. 